Welcome everybody to the 27th episode of the Struggling Scientist podcast. This is a podcast by scientists, for scientists, anybody science adjacent and perhaps even hobbyists. My name is Susanna and I'm here with my co-host Jaron. Hi. Today we're going to do a cutting edge research episode where we talk about a very interesting paper that we found on the Nature Facebook page again. The paper is called Entropy of City Street Networks is linked to future spatial navigation ability. And what they basically say is that if you grow up in a city, you will have less good navigation skill than when you uh, grow up on the countryside. Spoilers. <laughs> so we're going to discuss this paper today. And um, let's start. Spatial awareness and spatial navigation is what we're going to talk about today. Well, I think it's also important to say that you read this paper and I definitely did not read this paper. You definitely did did not read this paper. So I'm going to explain this paper to you. And it was a very interesting and a very funny one, I have to say. You you saw me laugh a couple of times. Yes, as you were reading it on your iPad, I was like, what is going on there? (laughs) It was really horrible to not be able to tell you about all all the weird stuff. But now I can tell you, thank God, so... So yeah, spatial awareness and navigation ability. Uh, now, it was already known from previous research that there's quite a big genetic component to this. So what kind of genes you inherit definitely uh, make a difference in your navigation ability, which I think is already very funny. Um, however, it's also known that your experiences throughout life uh, shape you and teach you things. So that also has an uh, influence on your brain. Now. Previous research has shown that growing up in certain places definitely has an impact on your life. For example, growing up near green spaces is found to be beneficial, but growing up in an urban residence increases your chance of psychiatric disorders. Oh, Uh, goody. (laughs) However, uh, the dense socioeconomic networks that is in cities does protect you or reduce the chance of you having depression. So that's already interesting, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, everything has its pros and cons, I guess. Yes. So uh, I guess growing up in Aruba with a l- with not a lot of green uh, is not very beneficial, Jero. Um, there's some green, it's just I didn't live near it. Cactus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Palm trees. <laughs> yes. So um, in rodent studies in mice, they know that navigating complex environments has a very positive effect on the hippocampal neurogenesis and cognition. So if you um, even if you teach mice at a young age to to be in these environments, these complex environments, they they are that's beneficial throughout their lives even. And they know that in humans, navigating a large and complex city activates the hippocampus, and prolonged navigation increases the hippocampal volume. Yeah, I think they saw this in the. the I think it was the London taxi uh, cab drivers that they are better at this. Oh yeah, because yeah, they London is very complex. Uh, and they basically but just I guess know. that's something you you learn during adulthood, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I get yeah. I mean, driving yeah. a taxi, obviously, yes. but uh, yeah. maybe maybe they even grow up in London. That might help a lot. Or they have genetic predispositions that make them taxi drivers. <laughs> <laughs> right. So they know that the environment that you grow up in has certain positive effects. However, it's not very well studied, and it's poorly understood for two reasons. One. It's really a lot harder to characterize human environments versus a rodent cage. Because you can easily make a rodent cage complex 
and standardized, but human environments are like all over the place. No two cities are alike. And then two, it's really expensive to get a large enough sample size to really investigate this and with enough different environments because you're basically looking all around the world then, right? Yeah, indeed. So what did they do? <laughs> yeah, they brought out a video game. Yep. Um, <laughs> yes. What kind of video game? So this video game is called Sea Hero Quest. And this is a game where um, it's a mobile app game. It's specifically made for research. I tried to play it. I couldn't because I don't have the code to be able to go in there. Uh, but the idea is that you uh, go play it. They made it also for Alzheimer's research. Uh, you get to see a map with different points where that you have to have to go by. But they're not in order. And then you have to navigate your boat uh, to these checkpoints in the correct order. And then the fastest, the better, you know? Yes. Uh, and they can also look at if you took detours or if you were completely on track the right time and like didn't hit them in a different order. They can look at all of that. So <laughs> really funny. This game was specifically made just for research. Do they, uh, in the, I don't know, extended supplementary uh, materials and methods, say anything about how you actually become a hero? No. Okay. <laughs> Further research I is do required. know that there's quite a lot of levels, uh, I think 43 or something. Okay. And they only included people who played more than 11. Okay. <laughs> so, now, if you, if you played this game... You knew that it was for research. In the beginning, this was like very well mentioned with a screen or whatever. Uh, and then after playing a couple of games, you were asked for more information, like your education level, where you grew up, where you live now, all that type of information. Mm -hmm. um, and this was then used for research. This game was played by 3.9 million people all across the world in all different countries. Um, and then for this specific study, they analyzed the subset. So this 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 game was also used for Alzheimer research and things like that. We'll get back to that later. Um, for this specific study, they analyzed a subset of 397,000 people uh, spread across 38 countries. And this video game had a cognitive task that is predictive and has been shown to be predictive by other research uh, of real-world navigation skill. So like I explained before, this is where you take your boat and have to go through all the different uh, checkpoints. And this task is called the wayfinding task. And yeah, they only uh, used the data of people that did more than 11 levels. This is one of the criteria that they excluded people from. And also people, of course, that uh, filled in all the data, like where they grew up and things like that. 11 levels sounds very specific, though. Did they ever in the paper maybe mention why? No, I think it's just that, that you then have a good range of the different type of maps. Okay. So they have very ordered maps and very chaotic maps. Mm. And they need that for their study, basically. Okay. The average age of people was 38. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 53% of the people was male. Okay, I mean, out of 376,000, I mean, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the age was a bit higher than I expected, but sure. I don't know how they included people in this study, so... Yeah, but I mean, it's also, I guess, maybe if you're an older person already, especially if you're for Alzheimer's, well, they excluded people Yeah, they excluded everybody above 70. 
Okay. Because they found that if you are still playing this game when 70, there Then is a real bias <laughs> towards people yes. who are still very... Um, They are cognitively, I guess. Yes. So then you do a lot better than your age group is supposed to be, and it it ruins the study <laughs> because all of a sudden that this age the 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 wayfinding ability is going up. Yeah, but I think also with like the age thing, it's probably since this is a game specifically for cognitive function, um, may and for research that a lot of quote unquote younger people are busy playing Fortnite or whatever instead of playing. I don't this. know. I don't know. So they made a way to quantify the wayfinding performance metric. <laughs> okay. And that's just so funny to me that you call this the wayfinding performance metric. And they corrected for video game skill. Oh. Yeah. And the way they did that is that the first two levels are um, just based on driving the boat and on how well you are able to do that. And no wayfinding way skill is necessary for that. And then they corrected everything back to those first two levels. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting, right? Yeah, definitely. I'm still a little confused exactly how that would work. Like, I don't know, like finish time or something like that. But No, just like how smooth the ride was and things like that. I'm not 100% sure, but they corrected for the first two levels that were just based on dexterity and, um, yeah, get video game skill. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a way to do it. <laughs> complex mathematics to, uh, yes. Yeah, okay. this is definitely not our field of research, so it's really interesting <laughs> to, to read about what they did. Yep. Then they performed on this data a multivariate linear regression And this basically just splits out what has the most influence on your wayfinding skill. Right? Yes, among yes. that, yeah. So they found that age has the biggest, biggest effect. The older you get, the less good your wayfinding skill is. That sort of makes sense, I guess. Yes and no. I mean, I feel like until a certain age, it should go up and up and up and then down and down and down. But they found that it just decreases with age. Yes, but I again maybe to your earlier point that sort of the average pop the average age was sort of thirty eight. So maybe they yeah, already maybe. maybe if they had yeah. younger people, indeed, you would see it go up, like what you're saying. Well, okay. I don't know. Um, then the second biggest influence was gender, and sadly, very sadly, women did less good than men. <gasps> yeah, and sadly, this has also been shown in previous research. We have irrefutable evidence? No, we do not. <laughs> It is very personal-based, and some people are just better than the average. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, so the, the third biggest effect uh, they found was because of education, and the level of your education also has an effect uh, on your wayfinding performance. Mm -hmm. So the higher your education, the better you are at this. But again, it's not it's it's a lot less big than, for example, the gender and the age effect. Yeah. So the age have has an F, F value of 61, gender has an F value of 20, and education has an F value of 1.4. Mm. So that's that's really a big difference. Yeah. And then the fourth biggest effect with an F value of 1.6, so a little bit bigger than education, is the environment that you grew up in. So that's really interesting. Yeah, because that has nothing to do with where you live now or whatsoever, but uh, just the environment that you grew up in. And they found that people who lived in cities 
performed less good than the people who lived outside cities. Now, I do need to make a remark there. Because they um, clustered all people who live in suburbs or a rural country or uh, that kind of situation together. Mm-hmm. Only like real city city is called city here. Because they felt that suburbs was already not city enough anymore. Okay. Well, right. that's, a, that's a decision, I guess. Yeah. So if you grow up in city city, center, center city city situation, <laughs> you, um, you have less good wayfinding skill. Uh, and it has more effect than your education level, apparently. Okay. okay, so even if you go to the top university well, in the city, then that will not make up for it. They actually found that a third-year level of education, with having grown up in a city, equals the wayfinding skill of a secondary educated person grown up outside of the city. There you go. Yeah. Equity. You did it. <laughs> so uh, if you grow up in a city, you bet you better get your university degree. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, they also calculated if age had like an effect in that. So they calculated the environment effect in age groups of five years. And they found that this, uh, because they thought that maybe over time, this effect uh, decreases because you live in different sit- mm-hmm. like environments after this. But this effect really remains. So even like if you're already 60, you're still influenced by if you grew up in a city or in a rural country. Okay, so if you're traumatized once, you're going to be traumatized for the rest of your life. (laughs) This effect does not fade when (laughs) you get older. Yeah, indeed. And this was also shown in mice. So that that mice that grow up in a a rich cage, in a rich environment, early on, are exposed to this early on, really, uh, this, this really gives them an advantage in spatial abilities that remains throughout their lives. So that's really interesting. I was really hoping you were going to say that they grabbed mice from like the city center and compared it to <laughs> I was like so hoping. I was oh, like, this would, would be fun. the study for that. Yeah, no. <laughs> so they then calculated this environment effect, so city, non-city, per country, and found that in just a few countries, it's actually opposite. Okay. So then growing up in a city gives you a better ability to navigate. When you look at the size of this negative city effect, it's the biggest in the USA, but also quite big in Argentina, Canada, the UK, and countries like that. Which I think, in this case, the UK is maybe a little bit odd one out, but okay. And then in a few countries, like Romania, Australia, and India, it's actually the opposite. So there, growing up in a city actually gives you better wayfinding abilities. I mean, have you seen India, those routes? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what it's like on the road? Um, I mean, I get that makes sense then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The moment you said India, I was like, yep, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) We are very excited to be able to introduce you to our new sponsor, Jenny AI. Not only does Jenny make our podcast possible, it also makes our life as scientists so much easier. Jenny is an all-in-one writing assistant that has everything that we have been missing in other AI tools. Yes, first off, unlike other AI tools, it actually finds accurate information in papers and cites its sources. It does not make things up and only uses real verified information that you can then also check the source of. Second, it's a writing assistant trained for academic papers and helps you write your paper by suggesting the next sentence or the end of your sentence. Or, if you get really stuck, you can ask it to write an entire paragraph, completely removing the writer's block I so often struggle with when I don't know the right words to make my point. It helped me write an introduction to a paper I've been struggling with in half an hour. It even suggests which papers to cite. 
you can add your own library or search the entire internet for papers. Just type the add symbol to easily add a reference and it gets automatically added to the reference list. And the last thing we absolutely love is that it has an AI chatbot that can see your document and give feedback on how to improve your manuscript. Or you can ask it questions, such as what are the potential therapeutic benefits of dot dot dot, and it will search through the papers for you for the answer. I can only say that my stress level has gone down significantly since I started using Jenny. Check out the free version now at thestrugglingscientist.com slash Jenny. And if you love it, use the code SCIENCE20 for a 20% discount. And then, interestingly for us, uh, in the Netherlands, the effect is quite close to zero. So it doesn't matter. Yay! Uh, so this is really a bigger problem in the USA than it is, like, in other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. And, like, Argentina and Canada and the UK, etc. A few other countries. But growing up in a city in the USA equals being five years older in terms of spatial ability. And not in the good way. Not in a good way. <laughs> so they hypothesized that it might have to do with the complexity of the cities in the countries. Because, of course, in the USA, you often, well, often, you quite often, have these really organized cities where you have these blocks that have just 90 degrees angles and, and that might decrease your ability to uh, navigate uh, an environment that's less organized. Yeah. Right? No, for sure. So... They quantified this, how organized a city is. So they, they quantified this and they scored it with the street network entropy level. Okay. And for this, they used a program that's called OSMNX to score the complexities of people environment based on the street networks in the cities. And they did this for cities all around the world. Well, I guess the 38 that they had access to for this study, right? The Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. The cities that they that they had in these. So, and then they found that indeed the lowest scoring city cities on this street network entropy, so the more organized cities, indeed were the countries where this environment effect is bigger. So also Argentina and Canada and the USA, they have less chaotic cities, I guess, more organized, less entropy. Um, now, they've investigated this a bit further by plotting in each of these cities a thousand routes through every city. Okay. Uh, and then checking what difference the higher entropy level actually makes on the route that you have to take. So they looked at the number of turns that you have to take to get from one place to the other. The difference in deviation, so for example, if you have to go somewhere in a really roundabout way because there's no direct way, mm-hmm. uh, they also looked at 90 degree turns or other turns, mm-hmm. the number of streets you have to take and the number of partitions you have to cross. Okay. They found that there was no difference in the number of turns that you have to take between a really organized city or a really entropy city. Do they at all make so for like the cities, right? So they evaluated it based on like walking or like taking cars or? I'm not sure. Oh. Okay. I'm not oh. sure. Just wondering. Uh, they also found no difference in deviation from the target. So you don't, on average, have to go in a really roundabout way through, through a very chaotic city from what, to get from one point to the other. Mm. What they, however, did find was there are a lot less 90 degree turns there was a higher number of streets that you have to take. 
uh, and there was definitely a higher number of partitions you have to cross to get from one point to the other. So those three things are higher in an entropy, uh, entropy, high entropy city. And those three things apparently have an effect on how, your, how good your wayfinding ability is. Yeah, so the higher those are, the better your wayfinding ability will be if you grew up. Yeah. Yeah. But then they investigated the symmetrical effect um, to see if game levels with a higher entropy would be better played by people who grew up in a higher entropy city mm. and game levels that would be more ordered would be played better by people who grew up in a city that was more ordered. Mm. And this was um, somewhat the case. So they calculated the entropy of the game levels in the same way um, using the wayfinding map that they did for the normal cities with this program. Mm -hmm. And they they had 42 wayfinding levels in the game. And they found that people from organized cities indeed did better at more organized levels. So the easier levels, I would guess, in the game. Uh, Maybe. Well, I mean, it depends, right? If your if your uh, checkpoints that you have to take are still in a very random order, mm. but your turns are just more ninety degree, that's also a more organized. Yeah, fair. I don't know, but that was the only significant thing that they found in that in that specific uh, study. Mm. But then, plot twist. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so they wondered. If, and here I really think that this was the reviewers that wondered if, (laughs) people from rural countries might just be better at navigating a boat because Um. that's (laughs) just so rural, you know? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. What if they're just naturally good at this because of where they (laughs) (laughs) Because they come from the country. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Um, So then they took a different game called City Hero Quest. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the part where you heard me laughing so hard yesterday evening. (laughs) They went with City Hero Quest um, and tested a group of participants with this game. And the difference is that here you drive a car through a city and have to reach checkpoints. Sort of the same as in a boat, but then I guess, yeah, somehow they hypothesized that this 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 boat environment is is just more rural looking, so that might influence. Okay. I yeah. really think this is a reviewer that asked this, don't yes, you think? But have you really used a car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but navigating through a city through a sea is just so different than navigating to a city, you know? So but if maybe this is getting off topic, but then so this city hero quest with like this car, did they have to go into a completely different database to get this data or how well, they that... actually tested only 599 participants in this. So mm. I think this might actually be uh, just an extra yeah. little study. Yeah, okay. And they only tested people from the USA in this because they found the, the biggest effect from people in the USA. So they mm. wanted to confirm that this effect yeah, was Yeah, this still... sounds like a reply to the reviewer. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make a completely separate game for the reviewer. Plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> so... They tested participants with five levels of Sea Hero Quest and five levels of Sito Hero Quest and uh, matched those game levels for the level of entropy in them. Uh, like I said, 599 participants from the USA were found via a crowdfunding platform prolific. Okay. <laughs> Gonna write that one down. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, the environmental effect size was similar between the games. So it was 
the same for both the Tihiro Quest and Sihiro Quest. And since these people also indicated what their current environment was, they could see also that the current environmental uh, envir- the current environment did not affect your wayfinding performance. Only the one that you grew up in. Nice. So the, the childhood period is key. Yes. So they got something useful out of this this last little study that they had to do. No, definitely. And I mean, for any future parents out there, go to the rural rural part of uh, the country first. Grow, let your kids grow there, and then move to the city. Yes, that, that's exactly. That's what we got out of this. So yeah. So just to sum up, there are, there are major uh, conclusions. Uh, on average, people who reported to have grown up in a city had worse navigation skills than people who grew up in outside of the city. The size of this difference really varied between countries. It was, for example, six times bigger in the USA than, for example, in Romania, where it was the lowest. Mm. They figured out how to compute the average street network entropy of the biggest cities in 38 countries. And grid-like cities such as Chicago definitely had a lower uh, city entropy level than the more organic cities such as Prague, yeah, uh, which has a high street network entropy level. We need to go there sometime to see this for ourselves. Like, how confusing is it? <laughs> True. Uh, they found that growing up in cities with a low city network entropy, so the more grid work, mm-hmm. the grid-like city really affected your performance in um, video game levels with a regular layout, so more chaotic. Yeah. Uh, and growing up in a high city entropy level, uh, or outside of the city, increased performance in uh, in levels with high entropy. Okay. So yeah, that was their their major conclusions. Now I do wonder sort of how relevant this is for modern day people with GPS, though. I mean, you, ah. we're sort of losing that ability by growing up in cities, I guess. But at the same time, we're gaining GPS. I guess, but I mean, it still helps if you know your way around a little bit and you cannot you don't use gps for just everything no true but i mean it's significantly worse um based on this study that you sort of lose that ability a little bit but you still have it it's not it's mm. just that, that it's not great it's not but like i already good. wonder like it doesn't really matter for the people in europe as much apparently the uk it does matter mm-hmm. but it's more a usa problem yes I quite like that, to be honest. Um, <laughs> did you just antagonize all our US pr- <laughs> listeners? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, but cool. I mean, uh, definitely an interesting result. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a really funny paper to read. I tried to play Sea uh, Hero Quest, but I couldn't. And I'm still very sad about it. So if anybody finds a way to play it, please let me know. I want to I wanna test my wayfinding ability. Yes. Yeah, I wanna I wanna know what my wayfinding performance metric is. Well, being from the Netherlands, it'll be uh, zero difference between you and the rural country. Or <laughs> I did grow up in a rural country. Thank okay. you very much. Well, rural part of the country, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, okay, cool. I have no idea what mine would be. Uh, technically, city, but not really. Um, yeah. Yeah, did you grow up in a city? Sort of, kind of. I mean, more suburb suburbs, I guess. Yeah, which that I guess doesn't count the... anymore. Yeah. No, no. So I'm also rural. Yes. Okay. Cool to know. Yeah. Basically there with the cows, I guess. <laughs> I, do, I guess it would make sense that we had boats near Aruba. So. Yeah, well, that, that just naturally makes you better at this game, uh, I yes. guess. <laughs> if you just see a boat in your life, you're already better. At I it. know how to navigate this. I, I can do it. Yeah. Oh, cool. Cool yeah. paper. 
yeah, it was a fun paper. Yeah. So it was published in let me look up Nature dot 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 scientific reports, maybe? No, just nature. It was Actual published nature. in Nature Nature. Yeah. Nature Nature, wow. And it was written by Kutrot and and they are from France, which it's interesting because they focus a lot on the USA, but they are from France. Yeah, maybe they didn't get a lot of French people to play the game. Maybe. <laughs> Was France even in their 38 countries? Uh, I think so. I, I would imagine so. It's a pretty big country, obviously. So. Yeah. Yes, France is in there. How did they do? Um, it is still a bit, it still has a bit of the effect. Okay. So if I go from order from the most affected countries, USA, Argentina, Canada, New Zealand, UK, Norway, South Africa, Sweden, Australia, United Arab Emirates, and then France. Okay. So for all the listeners out there, you could probably slow this down to uh, see how you ranked, <laughs> how your country ranked. <laughs> Just look up the paper. Yes. That would be cool. Um, so, quick question. How, which one would you prefer? A more ordered city or complete chaos? Ooh. I think for me, I would like an ordered city just because I like getting places fast. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not sure if that's actually the case because you, do, you, don't, you don't take a roundabout way. So it's not necessarily faster. You just have to take less uh, weirdly angled turns and have to take less streets. But I don't think it's necessarily faster. Fair, but then I would still, I guess, enjoy the complex, uh, the le- uh, reduced complexity. I mean, if you think about how much random stuff we have to deal with already in our lives, like, we don't need to make this also difficult. Well, I, I like places like Amsterdam that are just a bit more complex and weird, I guess. And you have these nooks and crannies and then you find all of a sudden this weird little bookstore like no, crammed for sure, into for a sure. corner. corner. Um, yeah. Yes. No, that sounds uh, fun indeed. but. Uh... I think we're getting into our review of Amsterdam now. So yes. <laughs> okay. Well, um, thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions, comments, papers, we definitely need to read uh, suggestions for future episodes. Please reach out to us either via our website, thestrugglingscientist.com or via our email address, uh, thestrugglingscientist at hotmail.com. Or check us out on social media where we're available uh, on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. And Pinterest. And Pinterest, starting, <laughs> yes. Check out the memes. <laughs> Check out the memes. Okay, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Bye. Bye.